Well, this morning was Commitment Sunday, and uh, I'm telling you, I'm encouraged. Um, I was praying that the Lord would just help us with our commitments to get to a, a certain level. I'm not going to say what came in so far. Sorry, we gotta, we got we to gotta hold off on that. Commitments are still coming in, all right? There were some folks who were not here and couldn't uh, figure out how to give online and various things, so there are a few more commitments coming in. So we'll hold off, but I will just say I am totally encouraged uh, with what has come in so far. Yes? Do you know the time for announcing what Celebration Sunday? Yes, Celebration Sunday. We will, we will give the celebration. Yeah, yeah, yes, there you go. Don't hold your breath this week, but keep praying and uh, just keep, uh, keep asking the Lord to help our church to just to, to do what he's leading us to do and uh, but I'm excited with just uh, how everybody is involved, everybody in the church. Uh, Jason mentioned how many different pledges came in. And, you know, it's, it's not five people that are carrying this. It's the whole church. It's spread across the whole church. It's phenomenal to see uh, just the whole church coming together and um, how God is how God is using something like this to grow our faith. So I'm very, very encouraged. And looking forward to next week as we kick off things with a sacrifice offering. It'll be a, a celebration a day and a, a time where we'll just kick things off with a sacrifice offering. Lord willing, if God enables you to do so and leads you to do, to do so, uh, that was, is what we are asking him for to help us to be able to uh, just see things started with some momentum. And that will be exciting. I, I can't wait for that. So... Well, this morning, just to recap the morning message, looking at the matter of commitment from 2 Corinthians 9. <clears throat> the, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 are both tremendous passages of Scripture dealing with giving. But we looked at these five principles. Well, first, let's read the text. We shall always start with the Scripture. This I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, but, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Uh, every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower both uh, minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. And thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift to us. Lord, help us as we recap and as we just talk about uh, this, the application here, and help us, Lord, as we, uh, Lord willing, take some time uh, for prayer as we are continuing to seek you for this project. Lord, we need you to do it, and we know that we cannot. Uh, so, Lord, help us and guide us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, five points. Uh, number one, we saw that we should give according to the sowing and reaping principle. And there were three laws. You reap what you sow, you reap more than you sow, and you reap later than you sow. And uh, farmers make their money based on this, right? And gardeners and so forth. 
And uh, so it is with spiritual fruit. We need to give trusting that we will see a return. This is an investment. Okay, we have to see it that way. When you give to the Lord's work, it is an investment, and it's the best kind of investment. There's a lot of investments out there that are in the dumps right about now, uh, but God's investments are doing just fine. Number two, give according to what you have purposed. Uh, verse seven, every man according as he has purposed in his heart, so let him give. And this was helpful to me as I looked at chapters eight and nine and see how they dovetail together. And you see how there was obviously some communication that took place, some planning that took place, some foresight, and uh, uh, an actual time frame is mentioned here in the passage of a year. He references a year ago. Uh, and they had uh, a, a desire to be a part of this, of meeting this need and giving this gift. And Paul challenges them uh, to follow through on those purposes and that every one of them would give accordingly as they purposed in their heart. And so this helps us with some biblical precedent, even for what we did today, the idea of receiving pledges or purposes. As I mentioned, I believe uh, there's some biblical precedent here for that. So give according to what you have purposed. And again, this is not something that you just come up with on your own, but you take time to seek the Lord concerning. And number three, give as one who understands the privilege of giving. It is a privilege to be able to be a part of God's work, to be entrusted with that which you can give back to him. And so we don't want to do this grudgingly or of necessity because God loves a cheerful giver. So it's not just a matter of duty. It is a matter of honor, really. It's, it's, a, it's a humbling thing to have the honor and privilege of serving God in this way. And uh, the passage specifically talks about these folks, though they were totally poor, they had an abundance of joy. And I tell you, when you tap into the resources that God will entrust to you as you give, there's a lot of joy in that. Number four, give in dependence upon his power. God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, having, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. And so we recognize that his power is abundant. It's sufficient. It's all sufficient. It never runs dry. His grace is not a little. It's a lot, and it's enough. So praise God for that. We, we give in dependence upon his power, his grace. And the number five was we give with an assurance of his provision. And the last few verses that we read deal with that, how he is the one who gives us what we need and increases it and enriches us in everything uh, that we need to be able to follow through. And this just brings further thanksgiving to the Lord. Uh, it was certainly a, a blessing to... Uh, uh, to, to see these commitments through this morning. But I also recognize the testing will come. And today was a, a great day. It was a unifying day. It was an exciting day. Uh, but we've got some time ahead of us, Lord willing, this year, next year, the year following, where we will need to continue to look to him and to see him uh, encourage our faith when things, uh, when things are 
beginning to get stacked against us financially at work and doctor bills and this and that and the other thing, when, when those tests come, recognize it's an opportunity for us to have our faith strengthened. And I am not, um, uh, I'm not just uh, going to be naive about this and think, oh, it's going to be three years. I, I think we're going to have three years of testing, three years of, of real trial. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be some of us who Satan's going to try to pick on us. But it's an opportunity for us to have three years of incredible growth and strengthening in faith. So thoughts that you have, first off, could be a testimony beyond the morning message, just a testimony that you'd like to share concerning uh, what God has been doing in your life on this journey, or it could be something directly from the message. I've got a course, always I come with several questions for us to go over, but want to give you an opportunity if you have something you want to share or a question or comment, now would be the time to jump in. Any thoughts from this morning? or a testimony in general concerning your pilgrimage in this journey of faith. Yes, Lori. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And explain that a little bit. Amen. Well, I love how you put that because uh, faith is oftentimes in the Bible compared or, or, or associated with children, childlike faith, simple faith. And when we get too adult about our faith, we kind of can spoil it. Uh, it doesn't mean that faith is completely naive. It doesn't mean that faith is without any reason or without any preparation. The bottom line is real faith is going to have to have some childlike elements to it. And uh, when you think about it, he is our father and we are the, ch the children. We are his children. We're, we're to simply trust our father in regards to how he's leading us. I, I appreciate you saying that. If you couldn't hear, Lori, she said it's fun to be like a child again, be like a little kid again. And uh, just trust the Lord and step out and see what God has in store. Very good. Someone else? Something you'd like to share? Yes, Megan. Uh. Uh. 
Yeah, that's part of the whole process of purposing in your heart. Uh, and I've got that in my notes to talk about uh, if we get to that. But yeah, it should be something that you wrestle through. And it should, yeah, well, you know, that's okay too. Um, uh, sometimes there are things that you don't, you can't really think them through until they're here. You know, have you had stuff like that? Where, uh, well, even LASIK surgery. <laughs> You know, we've known about this LASIK surgery for months. And then Wednesday night, we're talking everything through till one in the morning. And like, what if this goes wrong? I've got kids, or, you know, and do you want a blind wife with a, a blind mother? You know, Rick is throwing all these things at me and we're praying about it and thinking about it. And we thought we had talked it all through. We thought we'd thought it all through. But when you get to the event, sometimes it's like, wait a second, we haven't covered all the bases. So don't feel bad about that. If you have some last minute things to work through, that's, that's part of it. But I'm glad you did. It's good to struggle through those things and really uh, talk all of the different aspects because three years is a big commitment. And I, I tell you, the, the sacrifice that has already been displayed in the commitment so far just this morning is unbelievable to me. And I'm glad that you folks have taken it seriously to really look to the Lord. Amen. Well, hopefully you got a nap this afternoon. No? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Did you win, Chris? You didn't? It's been tough for dads playing board games on Father's Day. <laughs> okay. Someone else? Something you'd like to share or a question or a comment? This is good. All right, well, let's talk about this passage and just kind of break it down a little bit. And then I do want to take some time to pray and specifically to pray about uh, the matter of these commitments that we would follow through, that we would look to the Lord in that following through, uh, that we would not take our eyes off of him for a moment. Uh, I'd like us to pray about Sacrifice Sunday um, and that God would give us we're calling it Celebration Sunday. I always say that because it's a sacrifice offering on Celebration Sunday. But anyway, same idea. Uh, let's, I want us to pray about that, that God would give us wisdom concerning what our participation should be and, 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 and just, just what God would lead us to do there. And then I'd like us to be praying about the matter of um, the actual details of this project. As I mentioned, the deacons uh, and I and the staff, we've been working with some other people who have been consulting with us and giving us really some encouraging feedback concerning how we can uh, minimize the cost significantly. And so we've got uh, some stuff that we're scheduling right now. It's already on the calendar to meet with some more folks to be following up on this. So there's details concerning savings. I mean, raising money is one way to do this. Saving money is another way, right? Uh, so we wanna kind of do it both ways and meet in the middle. Uh, but there's red tape with the county. There's uh, permitting and, and planning and all kinds of things. 
And I, I don't feel like we have prayed as much corporately about this as we need to, and I hope uh, that we can have more prayer meetings. So we'll take a few minutes at the end here for some time of prayer, uh, but I'm very encouraged just that, uh, that we have this opportunity. So number one, we'll look at the, the matter of sowing and reaping and this principle. And the question I have is, for us is this, what is the true test of how much stock we put into the sowing and reaping principle. Uh, what's the true test of how much we believe in this sowing and reaping principle? Sometimes I think we don't really believe in the sowing and reaping principle, especially when you look at it on the negative side. You know that the sowing and reaping principle is both positive and negative. Uh, and you see it in 2 Corinthians, and you see it elsewhere in scripture. Uh, he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. That's the other side of this, right? So how can you tell if you really believe in this principle? This is a pretty basic question, but the uh, um, sowing principle is in the Bible, but the question is, do we believe it? Yes, we say that with our words, but what's another way that we can really tell how much we believe this? It's the actions, right? It's the sowing. Uh, it's the sowing. So someone who does not, who, who says, I believe in the sowing reaping principle, but continually sows to the flesh and says, it will not catch up to me. You don't believe in the sowing reaping principle. You say you do, but you really don't. There's not a fear of God in regards to this, that what God says he will do and uh, many times we really demonstrate we don't believe in the sowing and reaping principle because uh, maybe we sow to the flesh and nothing happens. We sow to the flesh again, nothing happens. So, 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 and hey, this principle's broken. You know, it doesn't work. And so we just don't believe it. That's on the negative side. But what about this sowing and reaping principle that we learned? You reap what you sow, you reap more than you sow, and you reap Later, what's the sign for later? Isn't it this later? You reap later than you sow. And that's where we get tripped up. So you sow to the flesh, sow to the flesh, sow to the flesh, and nothing happens. It doesn't work. No, you forgot the third principle of the, the third law of the sowing reaping principle. It's going to happen later, but it's going to happen. Well, that's on the negative side. On the positive side, uh, we still lose heart in the sowing and reaping principle. We sow and nothing happens. We sow and nothing happens. We sow and nothing happens, and so then we just stop sowing. And we, we just give up. So how can we demonstrate that we believe in this biblical concept, this biblical principle of sowing and reaping? Well, you've got to keep sowing and I would say, he uses a word here, the word is sparingly. Uh, that is also a way you can gauge how much you believe in this sowing and reaping principle. Sparingly, if I sow sparingly, I maybe I'm not so convinced about what God can do. But if I'm very convinced, then... I may be so convinced that I step out and so uh, uh, not so sparingly, okay? So more liberally and put more. Was that? Bountifully, thank you. That's the word I was looking for. 
so bountifully because I expect a return. Right now, uh, let's just use the stock market analogy, all right? I think a lot of people are sowing sparingly <laughs> because it's like, I'm not sure what's going on out there. The economy is, is cracked. Uh, you know, interest rates and inflation and this and that and the other thing. And so uh, people are not so sure that they want to sow bountifully uh, because they don't really believe in what's going on. A lot of people are losing faith in our country, losing faith in the dollar, losing faith in, in our whole system, right? Okay, well, what about God's system? What about his principles and promises? And folks, the, the more we invest in, in uh, eternal things, he that sows to the Spirit, if we invest uh, to spiritual things, we can expect to reap. And again, God needs to lead you in this concerning how bountifully you invest. Uh, the, 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 the thing I would like to encourage us about is that we look to the Lord about the matter of sowing sparingly and say, Lord, increase my faith. Increase my faith. I, I would like to be able to sow more, that we might reap more in kind at a later date for your glory. This is something that God's going to teach us the rest of our lives, the sowing and reaping principle. And because of our fear, because of unbelief, because of a lot of factors, uh, sometimes it takes a long time to really learn this. Uh, but I think one of the best ways to learn it is to step out in faith and start sowing and see what God will do. Other thoughts on sowing and reaping? Anything else? Any other comments there? Well, let's do this. Let's talk about the matter of this phrase, according as he purposeth in his heart. How does the example of the Corinthians concerning what they purposed in their hearts help us today? How's that a help to us? <laughs> Was it a help to you? If so, uh, let's share. How, how does that help us today with commitments or a sacrifice offering, etc.? Yes. They were, ha you say happy? They were happy, they were joyful, but they were also organized. Yeah, they weren't just so happy they were running around willy-nilly. <laughs> they, were, they were excited, but there was also some organization that's alluded to. It's inferred in the passage. Very intentional. Yes. He mentions that they had a forwardness. That's the King James word. Uh, we don't really talk about forwardness in that way today. But it's the idea of eagerness, earnestness, willing-mindedness. Um, they were a year ago, he said, from the time of, of his writing, uh, very eager and willing and excited to be a part of meeting this need and, and giving uh, uh, as God would enrich them, to equip them to, to give. Um, but they, they purposed in their hearts. So what is, what is that? What does that mean to you? How do we purpose in our hearts? Yes, sir. Yeah, there's some autonomy with that number and with 
the specific decision for the specific individual or family or unit? Yeah, definitely. And, and God, God didn't just speak in an audible voice. Yeah. Right, right. And if it was written in the sky, that'd be too easy. Um, you know, I think there is some leeway. God is going to lead us. He's going to direct us. Um, and he, I believe he lead, led and directed my family and I. Can I say that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I, I, God spoke this word to me and that's what I put on the, on the commitment card? No, I can't say that. I feel very convinced and very confident that what I put on that card was what I was supposed to put on the card. But there's a lot of factors there. My faith, my maturity, uh, or lack thereof, um, various, my, 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 my um, in tune, uh, my in tuneness, is that a word? My, my, how, how in tune I am with the Holy Spirit and walking with him, listening to him, fellowshipping with him. Um, there's a lot of factors I would say that go into that, but yeah, there is definitely a, an autonomy and, and I appreciate that. What else do we get from this? Yes, Pete. Hmm. Amen. Yeah, amen. Everyone has a different story. Pastor CJ's story was he and his wife prayed together, then they both got alone with the Lord. And they both wrote down a number, and they came back together, and they both had the same number, and that was cool, and so they went with it. Uh, my wife and I didn't do it that way. We could have. Uh, but I was more like you, Pete. From the, from the word go, I had a certain number on my heart, and it never really fluctuated. And uh, that's where I ended up. I talked to Rebecca. We prayed about it, and she had complete peace about it, and, and that's pretty much where we ended up. Um, some of it has to do with, I think, even just the desire of your heart. You know, if, if you have a desire to be involved and a desire... To, to give. I mean, God, yes, God might rein you back. He could do that. But I think also um, God may get behind that desire and, and help you have peace that, that, yes, you should move forward with this. It is subjective, but um, it's not that it's just shooting in the dark. We're definitely uh, walking with the Lord, reading his word, and looking for peace and looking for uh, assurance to move forward in the given direction. Other thoughts? That was good. Any other thoughts as far as uh, how this, this phrase may help you or, or even in your own journey uh, of coming to a purpose in your heart uh, that you would want to share? <clears throat> yes, sir. Yeah, amen. They purpose in their heart, though they were impoverished. Uh, and there's another verse. I didn't really speak about it much this morning, but <clears throat> see if I can find it here. <clears throat> so again, verse 3 of chapter 8, For to their power I bear record, yea, 
and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, and, and that's phenomenal. Beyond their power, well, how do you do that? You've, you've got to be tapped into his power at that point, right? How, how do we do something beyond our power? Um, but I'm looking for another verse. Uh, let's see. Okay, yeah. So verse 12. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. Um, so I looked into that. It's like, what does that mean? So I looked into that a little bit. And it, uh, from what I understood from my brief study of that verse, that wasn't where my message was parked, but I wanted to, to look at it. Um, it's the idea that uh, God's not asking you to do something that you don't even have. You know, he is going to work through the job that you have, the skills that you have, maybe the savings that you have or the opportunities that you have, and that's gonna be different. And, and so his expectation uh, uh, is, is not something that should stress you. Um, he knows what he has given you. He knows what you have and he knows what you don't have. And, and uh, you know, what did he ask Moses? What is in your hand? A staff is in my hand. Okay, well, give me the staff. That's what we're going uh, to use. When we go see Pharaoh, we're going to use a staff. Uh, if he had had a, a spoon in his fork, I guess the, <laughs> the whole story would have been written, written, a spoon or a fork in his hand, it would be written different. Uh, but he had a staff. Well, when I think about this, that's an encouragement to me because what is in my hand? Well, I'm a pastor and I was an evangelist before I was a pastor and there's not a whole ton of money in either of those uh, vocations. There's enough. There, it's been sufficient. No complaints. Um, but, you know, I look at this and I say, how can I be involved? What can I do? And, and to know that God will work through what he's given me, uh, I don't have to necessarily hope that some, something will just miraculously, I mean, something could miraculously happen. Uh, but the expectation is that God will work through what I have, not necessarily through what I don't have. Um, and that helps us also in planning, I believe, because I can't really plan for a miracle, but I can plan somewhat concerning the things that I have, and I, I can gauge those to a degree, and uh, that can be of help to us. So the Corinthians purposed in their hearts. Yes, Brad.
Amen. That, that is phenomenal, and I can relate with every word of that. <laughs> I've been looking at that card like, man, how can, I, how can we squeeze out this? Or, yeah. But again, God could do that, and if he does, if you have that willing heart, I mean, that's what he talked about all through chapter 8. They had an eagerness, a willingness, but we still have to perform, you know, that we have to perform the doing of it. So let's have the heart in the right place, and then let's let the Lord uh, lead, and maybe, maybe we don't get there, maybe we do, but it'll be exciting one way or the other. Yes, ma'am. I had some feedback about Laura's video where, where she said, well, it's nice that I don't have to do all two yeah. or three million myself. And, and um, that's also part of trusting is that if I can't do, you know, like, like the five-year-old who wants to put down a million, yeah. you know, I have that desire somewhere in me. Like Brad was saying, I have that desire to... Amen. To Yeah, that's good. There's so many. I mean, I, I run a home with eight little tiny threads in it. And, <clears throat> me, and I barely keep track of all the details. Like, we had my parents-in-law over this afternoon because my father-in-law said, can I drop the gift off? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's Father's Day. Could you also come for lunch? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm Yes, that's great. And sometimes in our eagerness, it is possible we could move beyond the Lord's leadership. Yeah. And, and that could be a problem. There could be presumption there, or they could even be, there could be pride there. I want to do this. And now, oh, that's, I just overstepped. Um, so, but the eagerness is good. The eagerness to say, Lord, if you would, if I am faithful and can be entrusted in this, I would love to be able to add that to my commitment. That's a, that's a good heart, for sure. Amen. But yeah, we don't have to do it by ourselves. I like that one thread in the tapestry. And it's a beautiful tapestry when the whole thing comes together. Good comments. Other thoughts on, on this so far? So as we purpose in our heart, <clears throat> we are uh, then able to have some organization. Again, we can't organize this completely, right? I mean, uh, God knows how this is going to actually work out. We're to do all things decently and in order. You see Paul working with the Corinthians with that exact phrase to the Corinthians, do all things decently and in order. Those are some guiding principles. You know, uh, Chris mentioned there's some autonomy and some individuality here. Well, all things decently, decently and in order, that's kind of general, but yet it is giving some direction. And uh, uh, what we're trying to do here is gauge 
where is our congregation? And I think this morning was an incredible gauge. Uh, it spoke uh, dogmatically as to where the congregation is, and that was just a huge, huge blessing to me personally to see that. Um, and, and now we move forward as best we can, knowing we won't be able to get everything figured out, but we're going to do our due diligence uh, to be as, as prepared as we can be. Let's talk about cheerfulness before we go to prayer. Let's talk about cheer, cheerfulness. Why is the attitude of cheerfulness so important for a giver? And I could add this follow-up question, what should a giver do if he feels the lack thereof, or if he feels uh, the constraint or the grudging necessity of giving? Let me just say right off the bat, um, all the way through college, uh, I, God taught me a lot of things, and he was, he was on my case on a lot of different things in college. Uh, giving, I think the Lord put to the back burner because I had so many other huge issues. So I didn't learn as much about giving. I was just trying to pay my bills. Um, but I remember getting into seminary and still I hadn't really learned the grace of giving. And my attitude was not always right. Okay? And what that showed me was I had some maturing to do in this matter. I knew it this isn't right. I'm giving, but I'm not really enjoying it. I'm kind of feeling maybe a little bummed out about it. You know, I knew it wasn't right, but God started a pilgrimage, uh, me on a pilgrimage of, of, of first of all, I mean, he, he put us in evangelism where everybody gave to us. And that was incredible to be on that side of it. But then God enabled us to begin to give back and that has just continued. Um, but when we don't have cheerfulness. Um, I guess, uh, first of all, why is the attitude of cheerfulness so important for the giver? And what can we do if we don't have that? Thoughts that you have on those questions? Yes? Amen. Amen. Dying to self and seeing God's work go forward uh, excites the heart. And the more we do that, the more cheerful we can become and we learn to be. I think also the older you get, you recognize, I'm not going to be around as long as I thought I was. <laughs> Anybody else have that epiphany? It's like, man, I'm not going to be around as long as I thought I was. This thing is moving fast. And what am I leaving behind? And, and when you give, you are, you're leaving something behind. You're, you're leaving behind lives that you've impacted. You're leaving behind uh, maybe a, a structure or infrastructure that 
uh, that you've invested in that can also impact lives. But, but uh, it, that, that, that gets me excited. That makes me happy to think that whatever God has done in me won't just die with me, but will hopefully continue. And uh, boy, that, that, that'll, get, that, that'll get you smiling when you're given. Yes. She yeah. Just cracking up. <laughs> you never see a U-Haul following a hearse. This age, it's like you know, they're leaving. We just got a new house and all that stuff. You know, that's been going on like in everybody's life, but we're not taking any of that anywhere mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. And it can get other things can easily get on the throne of the heart easily. I mean, that weak flesh is also very weak, but you know. Just make your mind up to believe there's eternity in these things. Yeah. How many people will get saved in that ministry center long mm-hmm. after we're all gone? You know? Yeah. It's just so deep. Yeah, yeah. And everybody, even folks who don't know the Lord as their Savior, finally get to a place where they realize, I better do something with my money because I'm not going to be around here forever. But it's interesting to me what they put their money in. Jason, would you mind sharing what you shared about the, the giver? Can you share that with the U of M or? Oh, for the art? Yes. Yeah. Is that all right? Okay, I put them on the spot. So, so uh, definitely a couple older and, you know, what do we do with our money? And uh, so the Mott Hospital is almost done and they said we want to give $10 million to art for this building. We don't want that $10 million to come out of what has already been budgeted for the art. We want it to be on top. And so if you walk through the Mott Children's Hospital, it is like a it's art museum. museum. It is beautiful, the things wow. they have in there, and that was what that's from. And, and on one hand, I will say that what have they done? They've created something that people, right. thousands and thousands of people have been able to enjoy that. It is something that visually right. they've been able to enjoy right. um, while they're in perhaps in a very dark and difficult situation. And yeah. so art yeah. does have a place. It does. It certainly does. It's just I was hoping we could get maybe a million or two of That's that. Over. <laughs> no. But they value not just what are we doing with all of this? Yes. So they saw some out opportunity yes. to be able to give it in a way that could be appreciated and enjoyed by others. Exactly. And I'm sure it gave them joy. I'm sure that they were excited to be able to do that and dress up the whole, uh, the whole place with that art. Um, so it is something that, as I mentioned in the message, cheerfulness and giving is something that is a demonstration of our maturing process, our, our maturity. <clears throat> we aren't born very mature. And giving is just not a concept that you can really get excited about or happy about or cheerful about until some of that maturing takes place. So for me, this is my check for John Barber, all right? When an attitude of cheerfulness is not present in my giving, I'm immediately seeing a warning light on the dashboard and it's saying, you need some maturing in this area, pal. Uh, You should not be begrudging this gift. Why aren't you excited about this gift? Time to take a minute, do some soul searching, look through my priorities, what got off, 
Where is my, am I more self-focused? Have I, have I become selfish and self-centered? Uh, or am I thankful and grateful for what God has given me? It's, it, it doesn't take much in our lives and we can get off. Whereas one time we were cheerful, now we are selfish. And God gives us things that can be kind of like a, a check engine light. And I believe cheerfulness in giving uh, or the lack thereof certainly, um, certainly can be of, of help to us. So if you feel constraint, if you feel the, the necessity or the giving is, is, is a begrudging giving, that's just an opportunity for you just to go back to the Lord and recognize, yes, go ahead. Speaking of cheerful giving, I have a house that's got a 23-year-old roof, 22-year-old furnace, windows from the 50s. There is nothing cheerful in my mind to replace those. That is not cheerful giving. <laughs> that maybe is a necessity when and if it, something happens, but the cheerful giving is when you give your children, your grandchildren, your church, your Heavenly Father, what is rightfully His. That's where the smile and the joy comes in because that's real. Amen. A roof is a roof. <laughs> How sure. much fun is a roof? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's a necessity, I suppose, but yeah, it's not as much fun. I know, I know what you mean. Yes. We, we, we have to buy a lot of things that we just have to buy, but it's a blessing when we get to give, and that, that's where we can have a lot of, of, uh, of the joy of giving. Well, I'll just hit these last couple things quickly, and we're going to go to prayer. Um, if you are a fearful giver, underline 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and memorize that thing all sufficiency, all things, always abound. I mean, it, it, he couldn't have wrote that any more convincingly. But I've been the fearful giver many times, and I will be so again, I'm sure. There will be a time in this journey where I'm going to be like, oh, I can't do this right now. And we have to just pour into these promises. 2 Corinthians 9.8 is a great bolster to the faith. Uh, it's not my provision that's on the line. And it's not your provision that's on the line. It's his provision. We're depending on that. And so <clears throat> as we approach Celebration Sunday next week, I'm, I'm praying that, again, it will not be anything of constraint. <clears throat> um, if someone is thinking, man, we just did a, a commitment Sunday and now we have to do a sacrifice Sunday. Well, uh, we don't have to do anything. We get to. And if you're excited about it, and if God has stirred your heart to, to be a part, then praise the Lord and jump in how he has led. Uh, and if not, hey, God will just continue to, to work and lead and grow our faith, and, and he, he knows what he's doing. So let's pray about these three things. Let's pray that God would help us with our commitments, and there are still some commitments that are still coming in, so we can pray about that as well, uh, that God would help us with the commitments and to the, the follow-through. Let's pray about the Sacrifice Sunday that God would just really again speak to us in that regard. We're going to have the same format. We'll have the tables up here. We'll have the baskets up here. At the end of the service, we'll have a time of prayer and just come forward and make uh, those offerings as we did just this morning with the commitments. So we'll do the same thing with the offering uh, and have a time of singing and, and praise. And it'll, I trust, be an encouragement to our faith. Uh, so we'll pray about these two things. And then thirdly, let's start to really pray about the details. 
We want to get the right builders, the right contractors, the right uh, people to be approving our plans, you know, so we can get through the red tape. But all of that, we need, we need God's hand in it. Let's go to prayer. And you pray out loud as you see fit. Let's pray along these lines, and I'll close in a moment. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to be involved, that we get to be a part of your work and see your provision firsthand, that you've given us a front row seat. Lord, I pray now that you would help us uh, to, not, um, to not give in to fear and doubt, but to uh, pour into you and walk by faith. We pray for your strength. Lord, I pray specifically that you would enable us to be able to meet the commitments that uh, you have led us to, we trust, and uh, we pray that you would uh, just build our faith through this time, bless in the sacrifice offering. May it truly be a celebration, a time of joy and excitement as we see this program uh, kicked off with some momentum right off the bat. Lord, help us with this. And I pray, Lord, give us wisdom in the details. Lord, this cannot be humanly orchestrated. We, we know that it has to be divine. And in a time such as this, where everything is against us financially, we are just excited to see how you will part the Red Seas, open the door, uh, lead us to the right people, the right uh, 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 county officials that would be able to get the approvals and or that your work would move forward and you'd build our faith. And when the trials come, may we continue to look to you. Bless in this prayer time, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.